This is the Misdirected Mark Podcast, a podcast about gaming, game mastering, and entertaining you, our listeners. We are explicit, you have been warned, and I'd like to thank Mike Willard for letting us use his music on our show. Now let's pick up those mics and get on with this thing. Welcome to the 481st episode of the Misdirected Mark Podcast. Tonight, we discuss the What's Going On document in your tabletop RPGs. I got something. Go ahead, Bob. Hit it. Twenty-five years and my games are still a massive prep to climb that great big hill of hope for that GM high. I realized quickly when I knew I should that my world was made up of some rambling gobbledygook. I needed solid ground. And so I write sometimes when I'm lying in bed Just to get it all out what's in my head And I, I'm feeling a little inspired Then in the shower next morning I was thinking of games The soap stung my eyes as I racked my brains And I screamed from the top of my lungs It's what's going on And I said again And with that, my name is Phil. I'm Chris. And I am Old Man Logan. Well, we're having fun already. <laughs> That's a whole show right there. That was a thing. That yeah. was a thing. Was a that thing. was well done, by the way. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm the one who named the episode, but you are the one who wrote the parody. Well, I mean, you've told me so many times how you uh, you will often do some prep work while in the shower. So that was part Yeah, of, I absolutely yeah. do. Uh, 100%. And I, I write when I'm in bed at times, like scribble notes in a notebook. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I, I'm no, I'm not the only person who has had a good idea in the shower while like for one of their games. I do it on purpose. I mean, I literally like turn on the shower and it's like I step in. I'm like, all right, what am I missing from this? Like, what am I missing from this session? And I'll just start like talking myself through it. And Mine is not limited to the shower. Yeah. If I enter the bathroom space, <laughs> my brain works differently. Yeah. And I have had all kinds of inspiration and ideas while I'm in that space. Do you have like a notebook in there then? No, I don't. I, I have to remember when I get out. I have to suspect that it is the mental construct that you are like, it's a place to not be disturbed. When you go into the bathroom, it's a place where you don't have expectations of doing other things. Like if I go in the kitchen to like make something to eat, I'm managing like a bunch of stuff, right? Like I'm managing the cooking and like, you know, you know, getting out plates, whatever, whatever. Your brain's like, I'm freed up here, man. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just some basic biological stuff. Freeing up my body, so I'll just free up yeah, my like, brain. Yeah, <laughs> well, the body's like, look, I know what I'm doing here. I don't need you. So the brain's like, cool, I'm shut off from most external stimuli. I'm in a focused area. And boom, like, yeah. ideas. The, the saddest part about this is that it'll never pop up on YouTube because that's totally copyright infringement. And they'll give us copyright strike for that. But if it's if you're a patron, you'll see the video of us talking about this. I mean, I can't imagine we can't make a short out of the go in the bathroom. Part. No, we can. We will be. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely.
So let's see how everybody's doing. Phil, how are you feeling? Well, I'm past my colonoscopy. Yay! Hey, you know what? Turning 50, men's health thing, like it's a thing you got to do. And honestly, it was actually a piece of cake. The prep for it is, you know, not fun. Jerry's doing it right now. And uh, no, it's like, it's not terrible. Like you just can't do anything else. Like you just need to clear your schedule. Uh (laughs) Literally, because you're clearing everything else. (laughs) Like you just need to clear your schedule and be like. Once again, back to the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I mean, it really is the kind of thing where it's like, don't make any plans. Like I just watched like garbage TV all day and was just like, every, you know, when I had to go, I had to go. And like, that was it. But the actual procedure, whatever, uh, like sedative or whatever they gave me was great. I remember going in, talking to the nurse for a few seconds. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to start like I'm putting some in the IV right now. And then I remember, I don't know, waking up or whatever, but I remember being in the room with it all done. And they're like, cool, we're going to wheel you off to recovery and then we'll call Bob and, you know, have him come get you. So the rear end cam wasn't a big deal. I literally have no memory of. Oh, there you go. So drugs are good. I'll tell you what, not to be overly personal, but my vasectomy was more awkward than the colonoscopy. I have have no memory of the colonoscopy. The vasectomy. It's fine for them because they do it like all All day. It's awkward as hell for you. Like as you're standing, like you're laying there and they're like, so what are you doing this weekend? It's like, (laughs) just do the thing. Like, like, I don't know, sitting on a bag of peas all weekend. Now I had full frontal which is the full frontal campaign from uh, Sneezak and the Hard Moves back yes. there. Yeah. And we've had the rear end talk. So, I mean, listen, my goal, <laughs> my goal here, my goal here is to normalize yes. medical stuff for men. Right? Sure, like, yeah, that's fine. like, like neither one of those procedures is a big deal. And honestly, I'll just say this before we jump off topic. If you're a listener and you've had any concerns about either one of those procedures, I want to talk to somebody. You can just hit me up on, on Twitter, by email, whatever. I will happily talk to you about it. Like I've done both of them. They were both fine. Obviously, I don't have to do the vasectomy one again, but like my next colonoscopy, not going to be a big deal. Sure. That makes sense. So makes sense. it's important to take care of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. So anyway, other than that, uh, I'm fine. Mentally, I'm doing fine. I just, you know, that whole thing between the anesthesia, the prep and everything, like my whole week last week was kind of disrupted. But we'll talk about it when we get into the community chat stuff at the end. At the tail end. How about you? <laughs> t- <laughs> nice. Well done. Well done. But doom chink. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. How about you? How you doing? Uh, I mean, uh, going on vacation. Cause I, I went to the Ren fair this weekend. Yeah. Uh, it gets me way out of my routine. So like, and, and we had some issues with, uh, with some of the recording from last week. So I did a lot of extra work. So I put in like an extra six hours, which is not a substantial amount of time. Yeah. It's a Herculean job to fix that. I'm fine though. Like I love doing this. So whenever I sit here, I'm always much better than I was, whatever I was before. So I'm good. Like I was, a little, I'm a little sleep deprived, but you know, that's okay. You can't catch back up on sleep, but you can get sleep. A couple of days of normalizing your sleep schedule makes you feel so much better. So that's all. I'm, I'm good because I'm sitting here with my friends talking about games. Can't get better than that. Bob, tell me some stuff. Yeah, so uh, I would probably rate myself a solid B plus, A minus right now. I am a, little, make bit, honor roll. a little bit sleep deprived <laughs> myself. At least merit. <clears throat> yeah, not Dean's list. I'm not hitting the Dean's list yet. <laughs> Look, yeah, a, lot I, of, a lot of things in society have to change before we get yeah. back to Dean's list happy. It's... Um, it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is physically and mentally i'm feeling pretty good right now i um uh, much like chris i'm sitting here with some friends doing the thing and that always brings the night up when any anytime we're doing this podcast i can be like kind of dragging all day sure and be like oh we got to do the show uh, and then sit down and get everything prepped and then we turn the recording on and that's like all right and the mood gets elevated so good times ready to do the show let's get into this thing 
Do we have any announcements? We have a we YouTube the, channel. We did the YouTube thing. Yep. Like, hit us up on YouTube. There's a Patreon, too. Please back the Patreon. It really helps us a lot. Absolutely. We, we want to buy some more gear. Like, our lighting situation needs to be improved. And I got my eyes on some key lights for this set. And uh, that would be great to have them. Yeah, another mic, too, for what we're doing. Just we have a backup. And also, four of us have the same microphones. Excellent. We should at I'll some point consider, like, an Amazon wish list. Like a wish list there's, thing. There's one. Oh, all right. There's That's a misdirected cool. mark one out there. Hey, so if you didn't know, there's an Amazon wish list. Do we know Mr. where it is. Mark, we'll you, guys, the link. you guys don't. I'll put a link in there somewhere. <laughs> well, uh, we shouldn't. Let's not direct anyone to it nah. until we've reviewed it. Yeah, we'll review like, it. I mean, I recently updated it. That's why. Oh, okay. okay. Good. I put I, all the things I'm talking about around there. Oh, see, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Our mic, new, new mic cords, because we have cabling problems. We have a lot of problems. But we're, we're getting there. Some tech issues, but, you know, we're doing better. Remember, like, remember that, that that we're doing this in motion? Like, we're driving the car and fixing things. It's, it's really hard. We're changing the wheel as we go down the hill. It's On scary. a good note with, with regard to tech is uh, we've got uh, the capability for everybody to hear the bumpers again. So I'm going to hit the bumper for the workshop. <gasps> thank you. Thank you. Workshop, workshop, what's going on? I don't know. We need to know before we can start prepping. We got to do something. Think, think, think. Write it all down. We got to get ready to prep the game here in the workshop. And don't suck. <laughs> it sounds different live. A little bit. A little, little bit. bit. A little bit. It's okay. A little, little bit. Listen, sound like they're not gigantically all, loud in your ear. Eh, no, they're, they're, they're not all, you know what? They're ad-libs, so they're not all like, you know, they're not all A-class These ones. are These are Sometimes. bespoke items that, you know. Yeah, video now too, so I can, I can even use yeah. it. I can just like frick my hair out. What I need is um, what I need is those ties for my arms, like Macho Man. Oh yeah, I just yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh no. What we really need is to get back on topic. Yeah, there we go. All right, let's go. Tonight's topic covers a prep tool that I've been using for years. I learned about it in the early twenty teens from Fear the Boot. Love Fear the Boot. And I've been using it in one form or another ever since. Uh, it's called the What's Going On document. What's going on? I think a lot of GMs may use something similar to this, maybe just not call it that. Uh, and I suspect there are a lot of variations out there. And of course, before we get started, we need to lay down some definitions. Behold, you are in the presence of Definition Panda. Surprise! Tonight, I'm doing the definition. Phil was so kind to let me do it. It's time to define the what's going on document. This document contains the NPCs, backgrounds, motivations, and events that would occur in the session if the characters did not intervene. So the key here, and we're going to talk about it more later, is that the what's going on document shows what would happen if the characters don't take any kind of action. I mean, of course they're going to take action, so what happens here is probably not happening in the game. This document is for the GM's eyes only and is often written during the early phases of prep. So what's the purpose of the what's going on document? I don't know. <laughs> I assume. I assume. I wrote it. Mm -hmm. I know it fulfills several functions <laughs> for the GM while they're preparing the game. But what are those? Good things? question. Yeah. The first is that it helps to organize the GM's ideas for the upcoming session. This organization allows the GM to make sure that all the events that they want to have come up in the game have a place and that there are reasons and plans for all of them. Having done this, the writing up of the session notes becomes much easier as you have something to base your prep upon. The second thing this wonderful document does is aid in internal consistency of your game. Writing out what would happen and why gives you a chance to examine your NPC's motivations and plans. It's great to see what would happen without the influence or actions of the characters. It also gives you a chance to make sure that the plot of the upcoming session has continuity with past events 
and the schemes being perpetrated by your NPCs are in line with their future goals. The last reason, and perhaps one of the best ones, is that it creates a mental model for your game. Once you know what the NPCs were planning to do and why, you can use that model as a way to interpret their reactions to anything the players do, and it allows you to do that without having to prep for every contingency. For example, if you know that Baron Von Badass's plan is to steal the Vortex Crystal from the Spice Mages, good example, thanks, and the players steal it first, then you know that you need to change the Baron's plans to try to steal it from the players rather than the Spice Mages. So much fun. Yeah. This mental model allows you to improvise changes during play while knowing where the adventure is heading overall. That set of parameters often makes for more interesting choices when you need to ad-lib. The What's Going On document is fractal in that it can work at a number of scales. Scales. As we talked about earlier, this document is great at detailing out a given scenario, but that's just the beginning. It wasn't these scales, though, right? It was like this scale and that scale. (laughs) Um, It can be used at the story arc level to detail NPCs' plans for an entire story arc. It may detail each individual scenario in the arc, or it may just provide a high-level goal and rationale for segments. In the former, the details for individual scenarios can be kept minimal, as you will most likely be writing a what's going on doc for each of them. You can even just have the ideas for the scenarios as a bulleted list. In the latter, the what's going on doc serves as an idea for the overall arc, and you will detail specific parts with each scenario. Then you can take this one level higher and use it at the campaign level. Mm -hmm. When doing this, you are outlining the overarching goal for the entire campaign. Not all campaigns will use this, but some lend themselves to it more than others. Again, just like Chris mentioned, you can have details for each arc or just have a high-level overview for the campaign. Having discussed the merits of the What's Going On document and where it can be used, let's talk about how to write one up. This document does not need to be fancy. It doesn't need any kind of format or structure, though, you know, if you find that helpful, feel free to make a template. I do all the time. This document is just for you, GM, so let's talk about what you might put in it with five items. Sure. First item, the goal of the NPCs. What do the NPCs want from the adventure? Second is their motivation. Why do they want this? Mm -hmm. The third concerns knowledge. What do the NPCs know? What do they not know? And what do they need to know? Phil, that sounds like third grade news reporting. Who do they know? What do they know? Where do they need to go to know? When will they know? Why do they know or not know? And how come they don't know at all? It's like tracks. <laughs> oh, man. All joking aside, it might not hurt to ask yourself some of those questions. You'll have a good foundation to understand your NPC's knowledge base. Let's move on to the fourth. Sure, item. that's probably wise. Uh, that would be our backgrounds, a.k.a. past events. We should determine what has happened in the past that leads up to this moment. Some quality examples are ancient secrets that can come to light for good or ill, and events that influence the NPCs to act in ways we might not expect. In the latter, you can just ask yourself, did something happen here before? The answer can alter some conceptions you might have about your NPCs or help give you a better understanding of the situation. This assists with ad-libbing, like we tend to do Mm -hmm. on the show. Absolutely. Our fifth and last item is what will happen without intervention. What is going to happen if the NPCs are not stopped by the characters? Good question. This can go beyond just the stated goal, but includes consequences intended or otherwise, as well as reactions of others, etc. It bears repeating. The What's Going On document is a tool that can be used in any game, 
but there are kinds of games which benefit from this tool more than others. Yeah, any game with a mystery for the players to discover is greatly aided with this tool. Being able to detail what really happened as well as organizing details will make writing up the mystery easier and it will allow you to improv clues better since you'll have a model of what happened. Mm -hmm. Games where the setting's lore plays a prominent role are aided by this also. A dungeon that was the location of a famous battle can be helped by writing out what happened on these grounds before they fell into ruin, especially if the historic battle is related to the current scenario. Games that have a lot of NPCs with conflicting motivations also benefit from this. Being able to detail out who likes who, who has a grudge with who, and why all these NPCs feel this way helps you, the GM, keep track of things. Games that have NPCs who are planning and scheming, being able to detail out NPCs' plans and a few contingencies allows you to portray more competent mastermind-style villains. I mean, I love a good plan A was foiled, but I have plan B, C, and P to go to. P? What's plan plan P? Plan P would be our Patreon, the Misdirected Mark Patreon, to be precise, where for one single dollar, you can get access to two extra podcasts. That would be the after show and our Bamboo Lounge with the lovely Queen Senda and our favorite definition panda, Phil, because I'm not the favorite definition panda for sure. Um, You also get scripts from our episodes and videos, along with other bonus content, such as some outtake videos from our recording sessions and, you know, that lovely song that I put out at the beginning. I guess it's lovely. Um, but there was that one that Jerry uh, Jerry, Jerry did on the first time we did this where he was all fired up on caffeine and sugar. Tantrum! Tantrum! Are you done chilling? Yeah, I'm, I'm done chilling. Cool. I'm going to get back to talking about the documents. You're such nerds. We're talking about documents. And proud of it. Yep. Okay. While the What's Going On doc is a great way to organize your initial ideas and come up with what the NPCs are planning on doing, your job is not to carry out what is written no matter what. That's true. In fact, what needs to happen is the characters will take actions to disrupt this plan multiple times in multiple ways. The document is written specifically without anticipating character as actions because the document's purpose is to give you a foundation to work from. Your job as the GM is to use the what's going on document to give you a general direction, but work off of what the characters do. The actions of the characters and their consequences outweigh the what's going on document. That's Yeah, that needs to be a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So at some point, depending on how the play of the game went, your session will probably end up going far from the what's going on doc, and that's totally fine. Actually, it's the purpose, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. The what's going on doc is a document that helps GMs organize their thoughts ensure consistency, and create a mental model for their game. It can be used at the scenario, arc, and campaign levels. It should contain all the details you need to understand what would happen if the characters did not intervene. And most importantly, the characters will change, delay, and thwart those plans just as they should. That's our look at the What's Going On document. Uh, We're going to head to the roundtable in just a moment. But first, Bob, will you tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network? Absolutely. Today, we're going to talk about the Gnomecast. Several gnomes from Gnome Stew get together to talk about gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown in the stew. We return now to our discussion of the What's Going On document, starting with this question. Questions? Yes, questions. This is the part where we do questions. Question number one. Yes. As a GM, have you employed the use of a What's Going On doc, or do you manage it differently? You go first. Do I go first? Uh, I go first. Okay. That's right. I know. So obviously, um, since I was the one who produced the uh, top half of the segment, yes, of course I use these documents. Like I said in the intro, I've been using them all along. So right now I'm running three campaigns and I have what's going on documents for all of them. 
in slightly different formats, mm-hmm. like in, in different levels of information. For Aux, most of the doc is what is the problem and some planetary story stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not terror. And I know, and I never have to work up uh, how you're going to solve it because that's part of Aux is like, I never have to worry about the solution. You guys always come up with the solution. So that one, that one is actually structured pretty lightly with the one exception that the one for the session that we just played, there were sections called, what did beta do while he was gone? Yes. Like I had to write up all this stuff that you have not seen so that I had some idea, like, what does he know before you guys start talking to him again? Mm -hmm. And that actually took a lot. Like I had to write a lot of stuff before I was like, okay, I'm not even ready to address the session part yet. I just now know what he knows. Yeah, there was a huge gap there that you needed to have yes. a certain comfort level with. Yes, which before you could say what I, he did. Which I did not have. Like when I sent him through the gate, I was like, oh yeah, he does some stuff. And then I left him alone. And then you captured him and I was like, I should probably figure out what he did. It's probably a good idea. <laughs> like, right? These are these are good ideas, folks. Like, I probably should now address this. I did not address it like week to week. I just focused on your stuff and let, like I'm like, oh, he's he's doing stuff. He's doing he's 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 mucking about. I don't plan that stuff like in advance, right? But you knew his primary goal, which was oh, yeah. uh, find out where he came from. That was in the what's going on doc for the one where he leaves through the warp gate. It states what he's, his planned goal is, mm-hmm. but what he encounters, the planets he went to, like I had to, I'm like, oh, you should make up all that stuff now. All right, so that's Ox. Uh, my next campaign is Knight, Knight's Black Agents. And as you can imagine, my Knight's Black Agents, what's going on, Doc, is much more detailed. I have to work a conspiramid. I have to work details on what's going on in particular sites and cities like all that stuff. Like, but you have that. That's pretty much the entirety of the prep that you need, though, because then the players can just muck about. Oh boy, inside it, of it. It, it's the distance from going from that doc to the session notes is very quick. Because mm-hmm. at that point, I kind of have already worked out everything. Yeah. The difference is, uh, I write the what's going on doc in like full paragraph text because it's just me, right? And we'll talk about this more in a question. When I prep my games visually, much like I write our show notes. I like bulleted lists because it's easy for my eye to find things. So part of what I have to do when I go to like move to prep is everything's in bullets. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, but totally does. but the NBA document is much more complicated. Like mm-hmm. it has way more information because I have a lot of stuff I have to behind the scenes manage and keep track of. And then Long Live the Queen is uh, actually my lightest of the three games. It needs a what's going on document, but it often will last me weeks. Once I write that document, I have a mission. It takes like several weeks for Sunday and I to play out that mission. So like a few paragraphs and I've got like a month's worth of play out of that. So that makes sense. Makes total sense. Games are like that. Are we going to be now? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So I write a lot of blurbs, right? Like my preferred methodology is blurbing. And I do it for the campaign, for the story and for the scenario. I'll just use Airy Peaks. It's an easy mm-hmm. one. And it's fantasy for you fantasy folks out there. Like my dungeon was a kind of a funhouse dungeon, but it had a very specific purpose. Itog wanted to become a god and he was doing that by sucking the souls out of the monsters that came to the Airy Peaks and the adventures that died in the Airy Peaks. Whenever anybody died in there, he claimed their soul. Yeah. Including the souls of dead gods. Yeah, I think we, we found a thing, right? That was part of like his soul concentrator thing. Wasn't yep, it? that was, I mean, the whole place was. Yeah. I mean, the very rock glowed because it was permeated with souls. Yes. And I mean, you didn't know that to begin with, but right. once you found it out, it's like, oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's how many things were in there. But you need a lot of souls to become a god, so it took a while. Mm-hmm. That was like that was the overarching campaign. Like this is what's going on, and it actually informs a lot of stuff. Like it's a magnet for evil. Things just keep showing up there. Adventurers come here because there's treasure, and this is what he wants to do. When it comes to the the people in the town of Foot, there was a cult there called the Cult of the the White Fang. Uh, their story arc thing was like we want to corrupt people to our side and also provide souls to Itog in corrupt the corruptible and feed the rest. Yep, <laughs> and also imbue a person to be the avatar of the White Fangs to help them with this process to help Itog achieve his goals, yep. which they tried and that failed because it ended up being the well, players I, got in the way of it. Well, I remember. Yep. Yeah. And then I have like story, like story blurbs for characters too, which are important to me because then I need to know what they want and what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. For instance, um, I forget the name of the character, but the, the young girl that uh, Bardic was enthralled with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Frankenstein together girl. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Like she just wanted to have a heart and be loved. Yes. Except her mom was part of the white things <laughs> because her mom, all she wanted was, who was the local alchemist, wanted a daughter, which is her primary motivation. Well, she made a deal with Itog to have her made yes. yeah. and imbued with a soul. Yes. So that happened. That happened. But because I knew what she wanted, it allowed Bardic and her to have a relationship, uh, which, you know, was consensual and game. We, we talked about it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then became really uh, interesting when, you know, godly power started getting involved. Mm-hmm. I, I do that at those levels. Like, that's what I do. I have a blurb for the campaign. I have, a, I have blurbs for, like, the scenarios, especially dungeons. Like, I need to know what the story of the dungeon is. Yeah, absolutely. I got to have the story of the dungeon. And I have blurbs for characters too i'm actually a big fan um i mean i, I don't think this comes as a surprise to anyone I, i'm a big fan of uh, dungeon crawl classics and one of the things i love in their adventures and i actually think that someday we should take one of these apart and look at it okay but they do a really nice job they always have an introduction page or two that tells the gm all sorts of stuff about this dungeon like i love that it tells you all like that stuff is like stuff that i'm able to then pull in and use like during play mm-hmm. and just knowing it helps because none of their dungeons are accidental and like they do an exceptionally good job of having stories tied to their dungeons like their dungeons being stories mm-hmm. so they give the gm like a really nice intro and tell you all about the history like some of it like won't even it won't um, matter but it's still that's what happened yeah there. and you could mm-hmm. pull it in and sometimes a lot of the encounters inside of it have to do with that like sailors on a sunless sea mm-hmm. tells you like this history from like thousands of years ago and it has a little to do with what's going to happen in the like in the course of the adventure. If you didn't use it, it wouldn't matter. But just knowing it, like, just makes the dungeon richer for the GM, which then I think actually comes out when you're when you're actually playing. Like you it. can then drop all the tidbits and hints, inclusions mm-hmm. stuff. Absolutely, knowing what's going on really just helps you run the game. Yeah, <clears throat> like facilitate in a much more efficient and realistic not realistic it uh what is what is it the uh, the shared space there, there's a shared word narrative space yeah that shared narrative space it makes that way more achievable yeah consistent yeah yeah all those words are good words i, I will say that someday in a future discussion we could do dungeon as character dungeon as story i got one i got there's a script for that it's coming it's coming it's coming that's just that's, i'm a that's, huge it's a hard it's a big topic that's why i'm a huge fan of it all the way back to my three five days three oh days so uh let's question two then Question number two, what does your what's going on document look like for your games? Uh, it's actually very simple. It's a name of either like the campaign, the, the scenario, the story arc, or the character with a like a paragraph under it or a line next to it. If I don't make it too intense, uh, well, the history type stuff I, in, the, in the plans, 
even those, I don't like to make them too complicated. I'm, I'm a very much a Nate from Leverage person. Give me three steps to get to what I want. Then I can adjust it when the players mess with it. Mm-hmm. If I make it too specific, like Hardison in that episode, yep. then you just you have too many points of failure. Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't think you um, try not to hold anything too tight. Hangout is a lesson for newer GMs. If you are a newer GM, the learn to not hold things too tightly is an important lesson. For Ox, I have some ideas of like how this campaign might end. But I'm not actually beholden to any of them. Your reactions in the next like arc of stories will tell me more about what the ending of the campaign should be. If I knew that from the beginning, one, it's a lot of pressure to stay on target like that. And two, it will make me not pick certain things to put into games or whatever if I'm trying to stay on that target. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things... We started the campaign with the the idea that the builders are these benevolent creatures. They are not. And the question, like, I don't think that question's resolved. Are they benevolent? Very much up in the air. Yeah. And it's gone back and forth because it's like, oh, they've done really nice things for planets. But then it's like, well, they might not be doing that for all, you know, for like. I mean, it doesn't have to be one or the other, right? They could be doing it to be decent, but they're also doing it to try to survive. I mean, you know, I like moral complexity. Yeah. But, but the thing is, like, I never. It's, it's funny how we, we define moral complexity is like it could be one of these. It, it could be both of these things it's or both. one of these things. Well, it's just not simplistic. It's <laughs> yeah. not black. You know, it's, it's not black and white. It's not like, oh, it's they're not good one guys. or the other. Yeah. It's um, but if I had said in my what's going on document in the beginning, these guys are good then every decision I make from that point would steer them into being good. But instead, I'm just like, well, they did this thing. Why did they do this thing? They they did it because of this. And then just left it. It lets me take your opinions and also funnel them back through into the story. So yes, that. I'm thinking this from a a different point of view, which is the idea of the promise of the premise. So Mm -hmm. this is a story... Telling for anybody who's a writer or a movie movie script writer or anything like that, like storyteller, when you promise a premise, then you have to fulfill that premise, and you got to make sure that your what's going on doc doesn't mess with that. So, sure. for instance, in the Airy Peaks, I promised a dragon fight. Yes, you were we got- fighting a dragon no matter what happened. Yeah. Now that meant my what's going on doc had to be like, well, he either becomes God Dragon and you fight God Dragon, or you wake him up before he becomes God Dragon and you fight pre God Dragon. Yeah. My Iron Heroes game from the get-go was you will dethrone the Demon King. Which means you're probably going to fight the Demon King. I don't even think I said you probably. Like, I, you will fight the Demon King. And, like, we always knew what that meant, but the details of it was not clear until mm-hmm. we got closer to the end of the campaign. And then it was like, oh, it's time to pay on that promise. Now, for Ox, the promise was you are super geniuses yes. solving problems so in the, space. So the, the, the story, pro- the story, like what's going on thing yeah. can be way, it's a thing to think about when you're doing this folks mm-hmm. at home is like, if you promise a premise, you're what's going on, doc better fulfill that. Yeah. And so the question, and this goes back to the holding thing and the what's going on document is which pieces do you want to hold on to? Right? So the thing I've held on to is there'll be some disasters that you will super genius your way out of. Mm-hmm. The part I did not hold on to is, what is the role of the builders? Yes. It's the fascinating mystery of the game. And it wasn't a thing I had worked out all the way in the beginning. I had some rough ideas in the beginning. By the end of Act 1, I had a clearer picture of what I think the builders were. By the end of Act 2, I will have your impressions of the builders, and that will kind of inform Act 3. Which I'm like, again, I'm holding to one thing. Like we had, uh, and we're going to talk about it later, but we had a very narrative uh, session, but I still threw a mini disaster into it. 
like you said, I got to pay the premise. Mm-hmm. So my documents are, are pretty sure. loose. They're just blurbs, essentially, no su- by no, character. No surprise, right? No surprise, right? What about yours? No surprise, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's more organized than it used to be because, like, it's just, it's just the what's going on parts are meshed into the middles because it, it's easier for me to get to them then, sure. right? Like, my character, what's going on is in my story, what's going on is like, if they're in the doc, if they're right in my notes, right by the things, then it's easier for me to use, use them. So the, the way mine works is, uh, I think we've talked about this before, all my stuff is in OneNote. I love OneNote. So what I do is... Um, I use Google Docs. Yeah, I have, I have one um, binder in OneNote that's campaigns. And then I have a section for every campaign for like the last like three or four years. And then in that section, you can have pages, right? So I have a page for each adventure. I also have some like session zero pages, some background pages, but I have a, a master page for each adventure where the actual prep goes. Then I have a sub page under that. It's called what's going on. Once I'm in that document, it's not super tight. There are some headers. If I feel the need for them, it's just a bunch of paragraphs and it's me talking to me. Mm-hmm. It is literally just, okay, Phil, here's stuff we've worked out. Oh man, that's so interesting. I'm, Dear feature Phil. I'm yeah. so influenced by the D&D adventure design that mine look like, like adventure sure. backgrounds. Because to me, an adventure background is a what's going on. Sure. Like, what is going on up to this point and what's, what do they want? <laughs> mine is literally a conversation with myself to organize the whole oh, adventure, right? Like, and it, sometimes it'll even say, it, it does this a lot for NBA here's the bulleted list of the things the players will learn by the end of this mission. And then I can work that into the, like, oh, yeah. into the prep. But like it has, you know, like it'll make say like, what do the vampires know? What's going on in the city? You know, I might have a couple of those sections if I need them. Once I'm in that page, it's whatever I need it to be. And it's as long as short, it's not in bullet points. It's just straight prose. Sometimes there's pictures. Like sometimes I'll grab like a Google Earth image or something, throw it in there. That makes sense. It literally is whatever I think I need in order to make sense of the adventure before I prep it. That that makes perfect sense. But knowing me, right? Like it's organized because that's yeah. Let's go to question three. Then last question. Yeah, yeah. Very different. It could be a lot of things. How much does your what's going on document get used during the session? He just asked that question. Can I, can I just mention a thing? Yeah, yeah. So I asked this question about like people, what's going on documents in, um, in our Slack room mm-hmm. in the, in, in the RPG talk. There's a lot of interesting answers. Like everybody's using this thing. They're just not calling it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. People are like, I just have notes in my notebook. I just got like some scribbles here and there. I use the keep like a section of the keeper from the gauntlet that the, the character keeper. Sure. I'm like, all that stuff is completely relevant and useful and, and, and fine. And they're basically all the what's going on doc. So I'll mention really quick before we jump to that last question. So for NBA, I have, uh, and I wound up doing it on paper because I, I, I don't know why I wasn't near my computer or something at some point. But in order to do the beginning of NBA, uh-huh. I had to write like probably, I think it's like five or six pages. Well, it's a front loaded, of, like you need to know what the conspiracy is doing. I needed to know who the vampires were. That too. Like what kind, you know, like because you know, in the book, there's the whole thing where you build up the vampire. Mm-hmm. So once I had made some decisions like, oh, they're this type of vampire. I couldn't actually be content enough. Like I'm like literally the what's going on document for the NBA one spans from sometime in the 19th century all the way till now. Lord have mercy. They're vampires. They sure. live a long time. I'm like with I, you. I get it. I had to cover some shit, right? Like, I to, but that basis is what allowed me then to Sorry. build the, the rest the of the covering. Con- the shit just was running of the back yes. to the bottom humor. <laughs> yes. The, that, that base, that basis is what let me 
then build the conspiracy. Because once I understood who the vampires were, I was like, all right, well, then what do they want? After all of that writing, and there was a lot of it, I like scanned it all in and put it into OneNote. After all that writing, then there's like, okay, well, how did the player stumble onto this, right? Like, what's that first adventure? Makes sense. What is the thing that puts me into the conspiracy? Exactly. Like, what is the thing you tripped over, which was a campsite in Sweden, that then all hell breaks loose? Yep. So then to question three. Back to question three. Yeah. Which, Bob, once again, for the... Once again, how much does your what's going on document get used during a session? I want to interrupt this again, but I can't. So go ahead. I don't know how to do it. So surprisingly, I don't actually look at it during the session. Oh, interesting. Once the session's going and I've prepped like the the session notes, I'm on the session notes. Mm -hmm. I will sometimes look at it before the game. But honestly, once I've gotten the session notes done, the what's going on document served its purpose. It just hangs out there. After that, it's in my prep. And, you know, it's all formatted in bullets so that I can scan it while we're playing kind of thing. I almost never, unless I forgot a name, like sometimes I will be like, oh, did I have a name for that? And I'll look through the session notes and not see it. I'll be like, maybe I left that name in the what's going on, Mm -hmm. but almost never do I go back to it. My what's going on stuff is actually embedded in my notes because I don't have a doc as much as I have sections. Yeah. So I use it all the time because the what's going on let's is part of like what characters want for me. And that's like, I'm such a character driven Mm -hmm. as far as like NPC characters, character driven player about what people are doing, what's going on that uh, I need to have it there for, for instance, in my, my uh, Archmage's legacy game, which Bob is playing in, they went to a gathering at a sports game, elemental field hockey. And I had a bunch of NPCs there. I knew what half a dozen of them were doing there why they were there and what they want sure so like they're mm-hmm. what's going on like i know what they're doing in the background too because i have it written now like one of them is building a spell jammer mm-hmm. one of them is this the third son of the the southern kingdom that is in the northern kingdom which they're not at war but they're not super friendly all the time like they have border skirmishes all sure. the time he's there because he's a genius and he's working with the guy that's building a spell jammer and i know why he's there it's because he's learning from this guy and they're both brilliant mm-hmm. right he's like the one guy is essentially the Iron Man of the setting. He can make anything. He's an artificer. Yep. That's why he's building a spell jammer. So yep. I know what they're doing and what they wanted it and, and what's going on with them, which they're building a spell jammer. So, uh, and, and that definitely does not surprise me at all, the disparity between how you guys use it. No, of course not. It, it's going to vary based on your GMA experience, your GMA style, your comfort level. All of that yep. is going to inform how that document gets used. Uh-huh. Yep. Absolutely. What about you, Bob? Do you? Oh, you don't DM. Never mind. Sorry. Been a Someday long we'll get time. On that screen. <laughs> it's been a long time. He's got at least at least when he's ready to go back on the screen, he's got like a hundred million hours of, of <laughs> yes. like zillions. I have so much GM advice. It's going to be analysis paralysis. Yes. Sneaking out of his, you literally. I, I will say this for the many many years and many many written thousands of written words. You cannot use all this advice at once. No, <laughs> like you cannot. Like you cannot pack all of this and do it all at the same time. You will literally not. You will My not. My brain get would explode. No, you got to like pick and choose. Like this one for me is a tool that goes into almost every game. There are a handful of games where I don't need it, but almost every game I have this document because it's for me to help me get the prep done. The next time I sit down to GM a game, I will have a what's going on document because it it would be super, super useful for jumping back in after all that time. I love it. Yeah. I love knowing. Yeah. And and for me, like like for Chris, characters are super like Chris is like, you know, big on characters. For me, I'm I am. And this goes all the way back to when I was like 10. I have serious problems when plots have logical failures. Like as a kid, it used to, I used to climb the walls because I had this like DM who just, you know, I mean, we were like 10, like he he just, you know, he wasn't very detailed oriented. 
there'd be like all these like weird plot holes and stuff, but he would just fiat them shut. Enraged. And so for me, like I need that shit straightened out. <laughs> like I need it. Plot's got to make sense. Plots, yeah. The plot's got to make sense. It doesn't have to make sense to you as players because you can't see the whole thing, yep. but it has to make sense to me. And also as part of like a trust thing, I want you guys to know. I have made sure that it makes sense. I'm curious. Do my plots feel holy? I always feel like, I feel like my stuff's pretty tight usually. I mean, there's times when we don't have all the information, but we still, I I still feel like the the story's moving. Yeah. But I like, I'm curious as to that because I always, because to me, like characters are the people that drive plots. So like their motivations and their desires are the things that make things happen. Mm -hmm. And then I try to have internal consistency for my world. So that's important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You also, I mean, you like a very pulp style. Yeah. yeah. So like the plot, well, my stories are pretty simple. So the, the story part, simple, the motivations of why people are in those are the complex. Yes. Like we're going to this place to get a thing is like sometimes your plot, Uh but why people want it or yeah. what they plan to do when this thing shows up. That's where your complexity yeah, this shows is, up. This is, this is the, yeah, these are, these are the interesting things to talk about when it comes to game yeah. mastering styles and what people actually care about. I first started noticing it. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm going to aside us now. Yeah, I'm going fine. to go to it's, the side. We're in the aside section. Yeah. Tangent. Tangent. I like Matt Coville. I'm a big fan sure. of Matt Coville's jamming. So he doesn't make videos anymore, which makes you sad, but I'm also, I also enjoy uh, like Matthew Mercer's style of game mastering. I've watched enough critical role in like, like 30 or 40 episodes, which is not nearly, a tenth of what they put out there, <laughs> but they're very different game masters. They have very different styles. Like Matt Mercer is a very character driven, story oriented game master. And Matt Kobe will drop you in a situation and be like, deal with it. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Like I get both of those things. Yep. I think they're both great. I probably lean more towards, I, I will drop you into a problem. I, I really do drop right. Mostly in the middle of that. Yeah. Cause I, I, those things to me are what makes compelling stories when you can do both. I like micro moments with characters. I will. Well, like my girlfriend telling me that. that kicking me off that the scene planet, was amazing right me like, off the planet <laughs> that scene was and we could talk about that later we'll in the after later. show but like that was a scene where i had i had actually in my prep very little written it basically said like he only dumps tam play this out yep and it wasn't until we were in the middle of the session where i was like oh i now know how she's good like i now know why she breaks up with you not yeah. you no no it was good <laughs> but then like we just played that yeah like i didn't have too much of that scripted I had none of it scripted and it was fun. Yeah. Like I was just sheer ad lib in character moment. And I love those little micro slices of drama. We do a really good job of putting those in the sessions for Ox. Uh, you guys are great at it. I, I mean, I try to jump in when I can. I, and honestly, part of my goal is jamming is when you guys are on a roll. I like ratchet, like, yeah. well, and, and, and the, well, and the nice part is the mechanics let that happen. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too far into because we're going to talk about yes, um, cortex, but those time tasks, as long as no one's rolling dice, time isn't moving. Mm-hmm. So if all of a sudden you guys get into a philosophical discussion while like setting up a die roll, I'm just like, it sure feels like Star Trek. I could if I need to check a box, but most times I'm like, no, no, let this happen now. Okay, now make a roll. Foreshadowing a future episode. Oh, that's so, a good so Star Trek. That's our discussion on the What's Going On document. We hope you found it useful and that you consider it for your future games. Now let's jump over to the conversation corner. Oh. I've missed that so. I love that sound. The conversation corner. Hey, Bob. I didn't fill in. <laughs> you want to tell me about your, uh, your one thing or your everything else? <laughs> I'm going to tell you about my one thing. You know what my one thing is? Huh. Sitting here with all of this tech. 
That's my one thing. <laughs> is, it, I, is it good? I, hope it's I good. enjoy the 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 production and the audio engineering and the video stuff still throws me a little bit. Lighting, forget it. I'm like <laughs> we'll get there. Before we started the show, Chris is like, "What do you think if I change the lighting like this?" And I, it, it's like being in the eye doctors, and he's like, "Better that's, one or two. That's why I was Better like, one I was like, two. go around and show. I forget that I have like another like two extra years of doing this stuff. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, go around, go around and show. Made some up. short films. I've like, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, I'm not good at it yet, but I'm like, right. at least I, I know. I know yeah. sort of some stuff. Yeah, we just, you know, during pandemic time, we just did this shit on Zoom. This lighting, yeah. this lighting is yeah. not the lighting that we want, right? This like, stuff, this the, is, the we're like living thing, in gothic times yeah. right now. The best thing about doing it on Zoom was like, okay, I got a couple of ring lights. Yeah, I just put and a ring like, light in front of me. I was am gonna, I shiny? No. Am I too dark? No, we're good. All right, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's making subtle changes to the lighting, and I'm like, I can't tell. Like, I know the shadows. So, like, if. There's a light. I'm, 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 if you're looking at the camera, there's a yeah. light up here. If it's yeah. too high, it makes Phil's this side of his face shiny, yep. which that's fine if we want a dramatic cast to his face, right? Like yeah. there's shadows over here, yeah. light over here. It's very, it's very dramatic. You wait till like you wait till you wait till we start makeuping, like just no, to get the shiny know. off. But. There'll be none of that. Mel, there might be. You never know. I don't know. And, you know, when we have better little, cameras, little, you might want it. Yeah, right. Just yeah. a little. So yeah, it's stuff yeah. like that. We're we're, we're we're working it out. But that, that's 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 one of the things that I really enjoy about doing this production is is playing with the tech stuff. Um, I enjoy the show itself and, and hanging out with my friends doing the show. But I really after uh, when I first started, I was just monitoring the chat room. That was fun. You know, I was hanging out. But then when I started getting into, you know, how to how to work the, the, the mixer and all that stuff, I really started to enjoy it. So I'm I'm very much enjoying this. Yeah, you are um, like behind like the new like bo- the Bob Cam. I know just shows yeah. in there, but like he like the mixer, the computer, like all that. Like As Chris, I, well, he's Chris and I are like looking over the like the screen at him. So he's got a stream deck. Yeah. He's got the monitor with the computer attached to it, and he's got a, a twelve channel mixer, which has got four faders on it for for mic inputs. These are this is all complicated. Like uh, yeah. it doesn't matter. The the point is like the stream deck technology is now so good that people in broadcast TV are using it. That's the kind of stuff that we get to use now. So we yeah. should one day do a um, phone video, a three sixty phone video, like walk it around, yeah, and yeah, put it on and put it on YouTube short, totally. just to be like, totally. here's our chaos. Like, this <laughs> here's is what's happening behind the box. Yeah, this is what it looks like. Once we have some better gear, I will yeah. be more than happy to do that. Like, uh, what about your everything else, Bob? Yeah. So um, obviously, we had our Ox game, which was amazing. Chris is going to talk about that in more detail. The ending of Ms. Marvel was 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 great. It was so good. So, it's such a good show. Any anytime it's in Jersey, it's great. Anytime it's not in Jersey, it's meh. <laughs> um, gotta catch up. Gotta yeah, catch it's. Up. Uh, um, I'm, I'm in withdrawal now because there are no shows dropping this week for Marvel. Star Wars. <gasps> like what? No Marvel, doing? no Star Wars, no track. Isn't it? Com- no, no isn't track. San Diego Comic Con? Like, can't you just like soak up all Friday, the information? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I think, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Probably is, those is days. SDCC twenty. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, there's supposed to be a lot of Marvel stuff. So much. Um, and, um, you know, playing Valheim, and of course, obviously. Uh, and I started possibly digging into some things like um, custom uh, textures and stuff like that. And I may, saw those posts. I may dip my foot into the into the custom texture pool and, and load us up a pack. Maybe I'll have some time to play this week. Let's just fiddle with that. I didn't but, last week. Um, I know that feeling. But yeah, that's, that's about it for me. Chris. 
So I, I like to do my everything else first because yeah, I, it makes me feel better to lead up to the one thing. So uh, Miss Marvel was great. Uh, college humor and game changers. I watched it. Uh, we were we were out of town this weekend to uh, the Rena- Re- Renaissance Fair. It was a good time. <laughs> we had a good time. I bought a I bought a role playing game book at a Renaissance Fair. The encyclopedia that happened like a D and D five E setting book from a Renaissance Fair because wow. two of the performers like. But what do they do during the pandemic? I mean, they made a role playing game book. I mean, the <laughs> Venn diagram of D and D players and Ren Fair people at circles pretty tight. It is pretty tight. Uh, it was fun. I had a lot of really terrible food. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was good. It was just terrible for it. Yeah. Uh, Spellmonger is a book that people should read if you like fantasy. It's pretty hilarious <laughs> and good, like epic fantasy type stuff. The humans did the goblins wrong, and the goblins got mad. As you do. Yeah, as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been playing Pokemon Unite a bunch still. I play that with the guys that work on our lunch break. Um, we did stars and wishes at our D and D game. I love doing that. It gave me some really good feedback. So, like, I can't wait to make for the next session that I play with those folks because uh, I'm sure it'll be much better because I actually got like legitimate, real feedback finally. Cool. And my one thing is Ox, and specifically the use of flashbacks in role playing games. Now, we played Ox. There were like three or four flashbacks in the game, and they were all marvelous. To me, when you use a flashback in storytelling, and I think there's a right way and a wrong way, which we can look at the book of Boba Fett for the wrong way to use flashbacks, <laughs> is that. When you flashback, that flashback better have something to do with what's going to happen pretty soon in the story. If you don't do that, like if they're not related in meaningful ways, then your flashback is pointless. It doesn't do anything for the storytelling. Every one of our flashbacks functioned that way, which was amazing. Which I needed as a little bit of background. When we started our game, we started in media res. We were like, uh, yeah, you are the crew of a ship and you go around solving space problems. And we didn't talk about how you became crew of the ship, where the ship really came from. Nope. Like even the first adventure was in media res. Like I put you in a room with a timer mm-hmm. about something going wrong. This thing's going to blow up. Fix it. So we reached a point in the story where you guys were coming back to the home planet. And I'm like, well, we have not covered any stuff about this. We have talked about characters. If I just roll through the story, we won't have the investment. Like you won't have the feel for these characters or whatever. And I, I've, I've taken this page from you and I was like, okay, I need to set it up in order to pay it off. Yep. And I was like, okay, we're going to do it in flashbacks. And again, I think of this whole game as a TV show anyway. So I'm just like, oh yeah, we, we're going to like, we're doing some flashbacks. I've watched today. this episode in TV before. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like we're coming home and now I'm going to do a whole bunch of flashbacks about home before you get home. Mm-hmm. And thank you, uh, because that was your advice, and thank you for the compliment. I also thought they paid off really well. I got to establish characters I needed to quickly, so that later in the session, like when they tell you, like, hey, we want you to land in the super secluded spot, you guys were like, no. You. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That happened. Yeah, those, those were all amazing suits. Which, by the way, my What's Going On document, somewhere halfway through, we break from the rest of the document, because... The document's like, and the players will land. And you guys were like, we are totally not landing the ship. You're not giving them our friend? That's silly. The ship is our friend. Auxilium Nova is is a... Novum. Novum, thank you. Is a a real person to us. We're going to have the the episode of uh, Measure of a Man when you're going to have to prove it. Yeah. That is a TNG reference. We're doing some courtroom drama action there. Uh, We're going to need some... What else? (laughs) What was the flashbacks that were pertinent to you there were there were i just i because i remember mine like they, intently like because it had a flashback where you and i were working and they came talk to you so i was in that briefly you were then there was the flashback where we met Gree. yep there was that one that was, was amazing yeah, that was a pretty good one 
because Gree was just like, I'm going to go into this enclosure with this megafauna and I'm going to poke it with a stick and try not to get myself killed. And then, oh, I got half swallowed. Yep. So that flashback is set up as basically I have a line in italics that says, ask Jerry what, ask Jerry what unsafe thing he's doing. If we had played the beginning of the game, like when you all first met each other, like, you know, like a get together in a tavern thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think we had fully established no. that Gree no. was as dangerous of a scientist, like risky dangerous. Yeah. He was not a risk right. taker like that right out of the gate that, that developed right. over time. So it was so much more fun to go into the flashback yep. with having already established in the present than be like, Jerry, what's the unsafe thing you're doing? Both like just jumped right in on yep. it. And it was perfect because then it retroactively completes the loop of, you know, are we sure we want to take this guy with us? Like, yeah. he's dangerous. Well, I, that's that's what I said. Yeah, I wasn't in at this point in time. My character hadn't committed to going on the ship yet. Correct. Because yeah. I wasn't going to. But, part but of we like, all know he will be. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like because that's part of the story it was like I wasn't going to go originally and Gilly dumped me. To make which, me go on the ship. Which we didn't. All we knew was that from your background exercise. Correct. So. And we didn't know why or whatever, yeah. and then we learned. I think one of the more fascinating stories that has arised, which out of flashbacks too, is me and Alferim have been working on Auxilium for like months before the mm-hmm. ship launched. So we've known each other for a very long yep. time. Mm-hmm. Poor Alferim is treated like a pseudo demigod by the people of Z- uh, Zinnia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I've never treated him that way because I'm just a scientist. and that's Which is one of the reasons why I enjoyed working with you. Yeah. Yep. Because you were just treating me like a regular person. And I hate when they treat I mean, me like a god figure. Genius engineer. That's yeah. what I treat you like. Your your knowledge base because I am. Yes, but uh, it's been it's it's been nice to flesh that out because I am closer to Alpharum. Tam is closer to Alpharum than he is to Greek. Because Greek has tried to kill him a couple times. <laughs> Unintentionally. <laughs> not, 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 not intentionally. Just you know, sometimes science science sometimes has consequences. Don't do it in live situations. Like, we do not test live. Okay? Do not test in prod. Yeah. <laughs> Always test. Right. We always test him fraud. But yeah, the, um, <laughs> also I got to slip in there that it was me that got Bayterum thrown off one of the projects, which was fun. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was a nice turn. <laughs> also, the thing that we, um, while Kioli broke up with you, and we all like like in the non-discussed part of it, all assumed that she walked away. When the scene actually plays out, Tam walks away from her because no, it was again, perfect. Well, yeah, I was gonna say because once again I was. My character has been betrayed or left by everybody that mattered to him. Yeah. And once again, the church, because it was the priest that the, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a good church boy. Yes. Uh, Arinian choir boy is one of my distinctions, which is like a, an aspect in fate for those who've played fate or like it's their bond or whatever. If you're playing D and D, I was a good church boy. And then the high priest, the architect, that's what they're called, basically talked to my, uh, cause I wasn't going to go on the ship cause I was going to make a life with my girlfriend. I was going to ask her to ma- marry me. And, uh, when I did, she basically said, you can go on a ship and be among the stars. I'm like, who cares about that? I have you. And that's like the best part of my life ever because I have somebody I can trust that believes in me and that I can be with. And she totally, we'll never, mis- she totally misreads that situation. Yeah, and then she totally le- like betrayed me. And she, so I was like, nope, done. It's good. It was really good because I, like no one, like we had never touched on what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I think we were all like, oh, like Tam's like the one who tells her like I'm done and it's like well she did break up with me I just left yeah, she did she did I think she said like how can I how can like you can't be with me if you're not gonna like if it's gonna prevent you from this opportunity and then you're like I'm out of here and it was like <laughs> it was good 
It was good drama. It was like yeah, it's good, good melodrama. It was good, like Poor five drama. minute good intense character. drama in the middle of like what is normally a fairly light game, but mm-hmm. it worked on every level. Anyway, right. Phil, you. So, so my whole week got thrown off by that colonoscopy thing. Like <laughs> Tuesday, I couldn't do anything. Like I, I couldn't commit to anything, right? Because like one, I, w- I didn't eat anything solid, and two, then like in the second half of the night, you're just like, you know, I feel like you got a lot done though, because you're in the bathroom a lot. No, I got a lot, a lot of thinking done. <laughs> you, would, you would think that, but again. No solid food. So you're like, you're not. You're, no, that's fair. I did watch the love boat. But anyway, it's um, coming to take me away. Yes. So and then and then um, Wednesday, you're like coming off the anesthesia. So like you're not pretty. You're not that useful. So anyway, I, it kind of disrupted my week. I didn't actually get too many things done. The one thing I did do is by Saturday, um, I had wanted to make this dinner for I wanted to make this dinner last week. But one of the things for that colonoscopy thing is um, a week before your um procedure no fruits or vegetables with small seeds mm. and i wanted to make this dish with uh, roasted cherry tomatoes ah. so i was like i am making it saturday so i made the um i made the um it's uh tortellini in uh, brown butter sage sauce mm. um where'd you get the recipe from i got it off the internet somewhere I, like i have the original link for it i've made it a couple times before and i've got it kind of down mm-hmm. crispy tortellini so you actually boil a tortellini then you throw it in a pan and butter, sage, um, these roast, roasted red tomatoes and a little pasta water. You work it up and it comes out to this like really nice. Um, they just it's delicious. So I did that. Um, I had made bread like two weeks ago and had saved some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thawed out a chunk of it and, uh, you know, just I warmed that up in the to- in the in the foodie and cut that up. So I like I sat down and I'm like, oh, and I made brownies because I made you guys brownies for the game. So I had nice. I like I had this From dinner. Scratch. I made those brownies from scratch. Joy of cooking. Um, so I like I sat down and I'm like, other than the bagged salad, right? Like that I I was like, I made the rest, like I made the rest of this. And I was mm-hmm. like, thanks, I'll just buy the things and chop them. So it's not a I good mean, it's just yeah. chopped up. I just, you know, and then I just put some dressing, but that part wasn't fancy. But I was like, oh, this is nice. Like I'm, like, and I do this a lot on Saturdays. I make myself like a nice meal or I experiment with like a different recipe or something. I have a couple picked out for this week. But anyway, I sat down, had a nice dinner. Um uh, and it was kind of a nice way to like end out the week. My other stuff, uh, I'm still uh, binging that Dire Wolf 20 series on um, on YouTube. Um, for our Minecraft players, uh, he does a whole deep dive into uh, Mechanism 10. So I'm like seeing like the high end stuff now on it, and it's slick as hell. Hmm. Um, but he actually, I learned a couple of um, there are a couple mods that for future games I absolutely want to play with. Their ma- that one magic mod is Chef's Kiss. Ars Magica, I think it's not Ars Magica. Ars Nouveau. That is, that is a cool magic mod. I would like. I don't normally like magic mods, but I saw this one and I was like, I would play that magic mod. Um, so anyway, I've been watching that, and he does like he does like thirty to forty minutes um, episodes. Mm-hmm. So I've been going through them, but there's like sixty episodes. Like I'm in the high fifties, and he's still just trucking through this. I mean. It's one That's like content right there. He takes one mod pack. So much content. He plays 40 minutes at a time and he does some stuff off camera because there's like stuff where he's like, I need to go mining. You don't need to see that anymore. Oh, man, he's got his he's got he's got that, yeah. that formula down then, man. Well, and then this is even the better part. He writes his own mods. So this one pack has been showcasing like his newest mod where he uses it not all the time, but he uses it throughout the episode mm-hmm. and he's coding it and fixing it and updating it in the mod oh, pack that's like cool. it's this guy's got like I keep waiting for bob to get to that level with valheim like mm. i'm just gonna make my own mods now <laughs> i i don't know about making my own mod but there's a guy that has a mod that um 
lets you drop in um, um, like puzzle piece dungeon stuff. That's cool. So you can build your own dungeons oh, and then populate them. Oh, man. So I might build a dungeon for you guys. That's cool. That's neat. I'll go in there and get killed. So, yeah, I've been doing, um, I've been watching that Dire 20 stuff. I've been playing Minecraft. I've been playing our old mod pack. And at some point, I'm going to top out at, like, once I build, I think, a couple of the last big end games things, I'll probably be done with that pack. It's not quite yet, um, but I'm getting pretty close to starting the work on the mech reactor. And that is, like, for that for that particular mod pack, that is probably one of the most complicated builds um, in the game. If I get that thing built and running, there'll be little, like, I'll have, I'll have questions about what the hell I do next. And mm-hmm. then that is usually... The sign that that world is done. I have finished. I then will probably go get Direwolf 20's pack um, and load that one up. Although it's 118 and they've changed some, there's some shit that changed. And I'm like, I'm like the Grognar in me is like, but why? Like your, your Direwolf 20 is now almost as long as your one thing. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, We're bad at this. We are bad, bad at this. Ox game. We are played, played Ox. Ox was good. We talked about Ox. And I started finishing off Stranger Things. Ooh, nice. I'm not there yet. Like I'm into the two hour episode, but I started watching a chunk of it and then I caught myself. I dozed for a second. I'm like, nope, stop. Yeah. Like come back later. Like cannot fall yeah, asleep. You don't want to doze through that. No, no, no. <laughs> too good. Too good. Like don't touch it. Anyway, that's me. I'm done. Okay. Guess that's a show, right? All right. So Bob, take us on out with the Patreon shout outs. Thank you very, very much to patrons. Rory McLeod, Woo. Savannah Sizer, mm-hmm. Steve Bissonette, Steve Radabaugh, T. Kustik. Theodore Atkinson, Tom Hay, Victor Wyatt, Ryan Megala, and Matthew Schrader. And thanks to everyone for listening to this. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can get more content through our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash misdirectedmark, where we release videos on Tuesdays along with other content on our Patreon. Plus whatever else I come up with during the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can also listen to some other shows in the Misdirected Mark Network, such as There is Super Geek, Mastering Dungeons, Bone, Stone, and Obsidian. Pandas talking games right here. The Gnome Cast, the other host isn't here for Pandas talking games, but you know, you know what I mean. The Gnome Cast, bonus experience, and back episodes of She's a Super Geek. You can and should also check out some of our uh, brother and sister or sibling podcasts. Sibling is probably the better word these days. Mm-hmm. Tabletop Bellhop, The Knights of the Night, and the all-new GM Mastermind. By the way, the Tabletop Bellhop just reviewed Pompeii, which I love that game because you get to throw little people in volcanoes. Ah! And I think I'm on an upcoming episode of GM Mastermind. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. For prep. Yeah. Prep. Really? It's a lot of nose, right? Got a shtick. Sticking to Speaking it. Speaking of shticks. You know what would have been funny if they would have asked me to do prep and you to do uh, ad-libbing? Right? <laughs> I've trained. You have. So have I. <laughs> After you have written your what's going on, Doc, and before you start your prep, leave us some feedback. You can reach us directly using the weird old email system. The still tubes, relevant. The tubes and the internet. Still relevant. MMP at misdirectedmark.com. Hit us up on Twitter. The show in the network is at misdirectedmark. Robert M. Everson. The Light 101. GM Gerrymander, who's here in spirit. On a toilet. Uh, on a toilet. <laughs> um, and uh, me, DNA Phil. Mm-hmm. Remember that Patreon we mentioned earlier? Many times. If you want to support us and other shows from Misdirected Mark Productions, you can do that at patreon.com slash MMP. Your patronage will get you access to the After Show podcast, our show notes, the Bamboo Lounge podcast, and other special releases. Like, you know, that song that I wrote. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'll be up there. Which will probably have me and Phil going, ah! Like, being all weird and stuff. Yeah, do some psychedelic colors. Yeah, I should do that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, this has been a misdirected Mark production, which is the media arm of Encoded Designs, which is now getting 
going again. I feel like it's it's starting to like chug that engine. It's moving. Uh, I keep stalling this out, and Phil's so ready. So I will say, mic drop. We out. One, two, three. <laughs>